Welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. I am joined by True Sweetser. True, such a pleasure to have you today. <laughs> You're looking so dapper. How, how are you doing today? Thanks, Coleman. I'm doing very well. How are you? Uh, good. Let's just talk about your attire for a second. You just, you told me uh, you, you like to dress like this even, even on a normal day of class. I try to. I mean, it depends on what kind of mood I am. Maybe, maybe towards the beginning of each quarter, I try and wear a jacket or something if I have a class that I really like going on. But as the quarter progresses, I'll probably start <laughs> wearing the uh, standard Stanford Med Swimming Issued t-shirt and sweatpants. But uh, yeah, it makes me feel a little bit um, more confident and a little bit more intelligent so I can blend in at Stanford. But uh, I also, I walk everywhere on campus. And mm-hmm. so as part of my attire, I usually try and wear loafers or some type of dress shoes. And once you walk like two or three miles in those, your feet get pretty tired. But that's the, uh, that's the sacrifice I make to look this good, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so being on Stanford's campus, is, is, is that any less intimidating? I guess, you know, pre-quarantine, is that le- any less intimidating as, as, well, you redshirted this year. But when you were there, <laughs> you know, like, uh, being there a couple years versus when you got to campus? Um, I think it was definitely very intimidating upon my arrival because everyone at Stanford has something that's unique about them in an area and it's an area that they're exemplary in. And for me, it's swimming. But a lot of times, swimming doesn't really come up in many classroom uh, environments. So you kind of you seem like you're a pretty mediocre guy. But one of the things that I found out over time, just being around guys, that uh, they're, they're so incredibly smart. They do things like they, they do the P-sets for fun. And they, uh, they, they do stuff like they sit down and they read like French classical literature in French. And just things that blew my mind. Uh-huh. But then the more I thought about it, it was, I came to the conclusion that since I was about 10 years old, I've been swimming for 20 plus hours a week. And that's what got me into Stanford. Whereas for a lot of these individuals, since they were 10 years old, they were doing academic pursuits such as learning French so that they can read Balzac or someone in French. <laughs> so that, uh, so it's just, it's just they've uh, they've dedicated their time to um, a little bit different area, and they're really really good at um, what they do. But at the same time, I think that uh, it's it's just that that's what's so special about Stanford. You bring together a lot of people from very diverse backgrounds that are all really good at what they do. Yeah, have have you related to um, maybe a, a more academically inclined individual um, on that level, and kind of you know you you bonded over their pursuit of whatever academic field they're pursuing in your pursuit of swimming. Have, have you had that experience of kind of, um, you know, bridging that gap? Well, I can speak from personal experience that 
in my, my freshman year, I was in a one room triple, which was just a, a big room with three beds in it. So I had two roommates, but one of the guys I got to know really well, and he was very into computer science mm-hmm. and he spent just as much time coding and not just necessarily doing computer assignments or computer science assignments for classes, but just extra things to get better at coding and to solve puzzles and to expand his own knowledge of that so that someday he really wanted to work at, you know, a typical Silicon Valley type of job. And he spent just as much time doing that as I did training for swimming. And so I think that, yeah, it's just, there's no such thing. I think at Stanford or really a lot of institutions of higher learning that all as a student athlete, you do, you have so much more on your plate because the things that I have on my plate that are taking up time, other students have their own pursuits that are taking up just as much time. So it's not like they're just sitting there at all, but yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so you mentioned that since the age of 10, you've been swimming 20 plus hours a week. Let's, let's dive into that a little bit. Um, how, how did you start swimming? Uh, I started swimming because my, I'm the youngest of six children and they all swam. <laughs> Four out of five of them swam in college. And so uh, it was just, it was just natural that I would, that I would find my way into the pool. I, I think I started a little bit younger than most of my siblings did. They, uh, they sort of really got serious about it when they're at the high school age, whereas I was a little bit more serious as an age grouper. But I still remember I did, I did Taekwondo karate when I was 10 and under, and I did that and swimming. And I still remember just listening in when my mom picked me up from school one day, she was on the phone with my brothers and he told her that, you know, Trues, there's no such thing as like a Taekwondo scholarship. So True better just drop the Taekwondo and start swimming. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, I mean, that was definitely a, a huge uh, motivator for me in my early years was to be able to swim in college and to be able to reach that level. And so that, I mean, that was, that was the driving force behind why I got into swimming. <laughs> yeah. What, what was it like growing up in a household being the youngest of six? Well, it's an, it's an interesting dynamic because I'm the youngest of six, uh-huh. but at the same time, all my siblings are much older than I am. Okay. So I'm actually more of a little, little bit more of an only child sort of dynamic because okay. they're more like aunts and uncles to me because they're so much older. Uh, my closest sibling to me is 14 years old than I am. And that's the oh, closest. Wow. So the, okay. the eldest is almost 50 years old now. He has, he has a son that's literally younger than I am. So it's, uh, it, it, was, um, they, it was a different dynamic than sort of having older brothers and sisters as much as it was having uh, additional uh, parental figures that, I've, that have advised me since I was really, really young. I mean, my, my brother gave me an SAT study book when I was like in sixth grade or something. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, not the typical stuff that your older brother would do. But um, I mean, they've been incredibly supportive of me and in and out of the pool. And I don't think, I don't think that I would have had the same drive to excel, whether it's in the pool or in the classroom, if they hadn't encouraged me to do so if it was if it was completely up to me I probably would have played video games like pretty much all day after school but it's it's so it's a good thing they were around otherwise yeah it would have been not quite as productive yeah 
And so when would you say you started getting pretty serious? When did you drop the Taekwondo and really <laughs> become uh, more serious about swimming? Um, when I was 10, because I was, we lived in Panama City, Florida, which is up in the panhandle of the state of Florida. Mm -hmm. And the senior, not the senior group, but the older kids on the team came back from Southeasterns, which I don't know if Southeasterns really exist anymore. Maybe they're zones now or something, but they came back from Southeasterns and they showed all the little kids their medals. I was like, man, if I'm trying to get some of this hardware, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> buckle down here. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I looked up the qualifying times for Southeasterns and I was like, the only thing I have any shot to make this Southeastern cut in is the 500. And I had to go a 655 for the 10 and under 500 cut. And I'd never swum the 500 before. So for, I guess our, it was in the fall. So our first meet was a few months away. And so I asked the coach that every Friday afternoon at the end of the week, I would do a 500 all out so that I could see if I was making progress towards the 500 cut. Right. And I think like the fastest I went in the practice was 7.15. So I was like, oh yeah, once we get in a meet, I can do this. Mm -hmm. So I got my, uh, my first Southeastern's cut in the 500 and uh, took off from there, I guess. <laughs> always, always been distance swimming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so then how would you say, yeah, that, that progression went as, as you got a little older, I'm guessing a little more serious, won a few Southeastern medals, hopefully. peak of my career winning the southeastern medals <laughs> but um no I, I think that i mean i can tell you pretty much every single one of my best times in the 500 over the course of my career i won't do that but i uh once i started to uh realize that distance swimming was definitely what i was good at not only because especially at the age group level there's probably like two heats of 500s so i was really i was really about getting the top eight like ribbons so i was like ah, i gotta do the distance events because as long as i'm like in the top quartile of people finishing i'm gonna get a medal so <laughs> i was naturally drawn to the distance events and that's what i was good at and when i was 11 years old i got i hit um, the like top 10 list for USA swimming age group times. And that was huge for me because I got, I got to do an interview and be in the paper. I was like, Oh man, I'm going to be Michael Phelps. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was when I really, uh, really kind of um, decided that it, you, you really enjoy the things that you're good at. And so I was naturally inclined to sort of the distance swimming and the training. And I'm really in like the, uh, the idea of just, you know, setting your goals and progressing towards them. And so I, yeah. I got pretty involved with it throughout my, my middle school years. Yeah. Yeah. And so then when did, when did Gator Swim Club, when did you join Gator Swim Club? Um, so for the bulk of my middle school years, I was swimming, we lived a little bit south of Gainesville. We lived in a town called Crystal River, which, okay. um, didn't have a big swim team. So I was training there um, under a coach named John Hodgden, who was very considerate because I was a little bit higher level than a lot of guys on the team. And he would give me extra practices to do and stuff. And I would bike down to the pool to swim at 530 in the morning before school on my own. I was 
I was crazy. I probably wouldn't do that now. <laughs> but, uh, so I, I was really into swimming. I love swimming. <laughs> and so I was training with him. And then I sort of graduated up to uh, the Central Florida Marlins, which co with coach Bill Vargo, and continued to improve. And then when my sister, who's a nurse, got a job in Gainesville, Florida, I moved to Gainesville, which was the next tier of uh, grad tier of swimming to train with uh, coach Jamie Lewis which was my sophomore year of high school so I would say that the combination between coach Fargo at the Central Florida Marlins and then of course coach Jamie's who I'm sure you've spoken with periodically uh, I had a very um distance oriented club background but uh yeah so that's how I made the journey to Gatorson Club yeah and so were you training with the pros at Gatorstone Club at all? Or were you interacting with any of the college students or the pros who were there at the time? Um, when I first got to Gatorstone Club, I, I wasn't nearly good enough to swim with any of the like postgraduate swimmers or anything like that. But of course, I, I idolized them. Ryan, Ryan Lochte was just about to make the move to swim Mac for the mm -hmm. Uh, 2012 2016 quad when I arrived in Gainesville so I saw him a little bit and um, guys like Sebastian Russo and Dan Wallace who are both done swimming now but I mean I knew exactly who they were and I went to all the dual meets to watch the <laughs> watch the meets um, but I was just uh, I was mainly swimming uh, I mean I was of course entirely swimming with uh, coach Jamie's uh, senior level group mm -hmm. but coach Troy and I have a little bit of a familial history because as I mentioned before, all of my siblings swam and they also all swam at the bowl school in Jacksonville, Florida, oh. which is where coach Troy coached before he moved to the university of Florida. Mm -hmm. So all of my siblings swam for coach Troy. <laughs> and so I, uh, yeah, a real, real distance swimming gator <laughs> grinder uh, heritage here. But uh, so they all swam for coach Troy. So, I mean, I knew who Coach Troy was when I was like eight years old. <laughs> and I've been hearing stories about him. And so I, I knew uh, Coach Troy would see me on deck sometimes and throw me some more so like, ah, oh, keep training hard, true, and someday you'll be really good. And I'd be like, ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so Coach Troy talked to me and I would just like levitate off the ground. So, um, yeah, I had a little bit of interaction with them. And um, by my senior year of high school mm -hmm. i which was 2015 to 2016 i had made the senior national team and um so i was able to start practicing not with the college team because we didn't want to do anything to jeopardize my ncaa eligibility but just the sure. the uh, the highest level of gator swim club which is the postgraduate group mm -hmm. so um, just yeah guys like i sort of mentioned before that were i mean among the best in the world. And that was a huge uh, year of growth for me, certainly. I mean, I went from being like somewhat good to I think just really excelling that year, but I don't want to take anything away from uh, Coach Jamie because I mean, I went from like a junior national level swimmer to being on the US national team entirely under Coach Jamie. So yeah. uh, definitely, she, uh, she really helped me along there. Yeah. What, uh, were there particular sets that you remember either from coach Jamie or that year, your senior year, uh, where you were training with the postgrads? 
I figured you were going to ask that, so I was trying to think. <laughs> and I think the um, the very interesting thing about um, the real sort of Florida and Coach Troy style of training isn't necessarily it's like one or two really difficult sets that stand out of my mind because I've had those, but I think it's just more of a a sort of every single day you're going to have to do something very difficult. Mm -hmm. And I think that differs from a lot of programs where of course not to bash any other program, but I think it's just, sure. it's typical for to look at like a distance workout and expect, okay, we're going to warm up. We're going to do some sort of preset and then we're going to do like a three K main threshold set. And then maybe do like a kick set and we'll be done. And mm -hmm. that's like, I mean, you get really good doing that because threshold sets you're swimming at, you know, prescribed paces hitting certain times and it's really easy to track your progression and improve. Yeah. Coach Troy isn't as um, methodical about his pro. I mean, believe me, he's very methodical and he has a plan, but he's not as, um, it's not as straightforward in a lot of his workouts. And so sometimes like in a Monday morning, I'll just come into practice and it's like, okay, we're doing 2,400 long course today. It's like, Jesus, it's Monday morning. <laughs> so it just, it's things like that where it's not like necessarily this awful, such an incredibly hard set. It's just that those sort of things become the new norm and you have to always be able to be ready for those and be able to give your all on them. And it really, uh, I think it, it, it taught me to be incredibly adaptable and to be uh, certainly resilient because I think I'll, it's not a sort of, oh, Monday's threshold day and Tuesday's active rest day and Wednesday's like race day or anything like that. So it just, oh man, I know I'm going to have to do something really awful after school today. So I should probably eat a big lunch. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, no, but I, I really, really enjoy that uh, philosophy of training. And I, I know that there are pros and cons to it. And certainly people have been very, very successful following Troy's methodology. And then a, the other side of the spectrum with someone maybe like Dave Salo, for instance, people have, you know, become incredible distance swimmers under him, obviously. So I think there are definitely multiple ways to train and going to Stanford. That was one of the biggest adjustments that I had to make just realizing that, yeah, everyone that's a really good distance swimmer doesn't necessarily do the, uh, the gator methodology type of training. <laughs> I mean, there are guys that swim, way faster in practice than I do, but they just have a different um, approach to training. And it's um, all that matters at the, at the end of the season is the time you went and the place you got on the scoreboard. And so how you get there is, is sort of irrelevant. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, yeah, do what works for them. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting to see the different types of people that I've been able to train with over the course of my career, which has been something I'm incredibly grateful for. Yeah. Uh, so let, let's dive into that a little bit. The transition from, you know, your senior year, you train with uh, the Florida postgraduates and Greg Troy, and then you're, you go to Stanford uh, under, you know, a whole new coaching staff, whole new team. And, and what was that adjustment like for you, you know, training wise, culture wise, anything else wise? Um. Well, first, I think my, my college decision was very difficult for me to make because growing up, 
I really always, always, always saw myself going to Harvard. And so I was, and I really, I, I have nothing but positive things to say about the Harvard coaching staff and the Harvard guys. But when I went to Stanford, I really, uh, really, I just love the campus. I love the environment. I love the team. And it was enough to really convince me that, I mean, I always saw myself going to Harvard, but I think I need to go to Stanford. And I have nothing but positive things as well to say about the old coaching staff of Ted Knapp and Scott Armstrong was actually the distance coach when I was recruited, but I eventually became Jeff Kostoff. Mm-hmm. And I knew who Jeff Kostoff was again when I was in middle school. Like, oh yeah, Jeff Kostoff, he really good distance runner back in the 1980s. He went 416. Oh. <laughs> so um, I was, I was ecstatic when Jeff Kostoff got that higher. I, I like emailed him that day, like, oh, you're my hero. <laughs> so, um, I uh, I have some regrets that I didn't adapt to the um, the new coaching staff and the new type of training certainly as well as I could have. I, I I can't deny that you know I was I've had plenty of really good swims at Stanford and I've improved in certain events. But I mean, yeah, it was definitely a tough transition just from having a training mindset where the way you get better is you really just beat yourself down and like the more tired you get, eventually you'll get your body will adapt and you'll be stronger <laughs> to um, just a, I would say a more um, certainly just collegiate training environment where guys are swimming really fast a lot. And that's certainly a way to get faster. And I, I don't think I really bought into that enough at all. And I butted heads a lot with coach Jeff and coach Ted about that. And I mean, I really regret doing so because I think that maybe I could have been better, but at the same time, they, they were incredibly flexible with me doing things like um, on Wednesday mornings, I would stay in extra, do uh, a little bit of a longer practice. while the rest of the guys hit the weight room and um, I would do things like, the extra practices with Katie, one of which you filmed, which was dark, dark day for me. <laughs> but uh, the things like that to really um, work with me as best as possible to make sure that I was getting what I needed. But whether or not what I thought I needed was what I actually needed is an entirely different issue. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, uh, it was it was a difficult transition. But uh, I'm incredibly grateful that they were able to guide me along and um, help me grow not only as a swimmer, which is important, but also um, as an individual. I think that coming from a little bit of the deep south in Gainesville, Florida, there was definitely a little bit of a cultural adjustment going to California. And uh, Coach Jeff and Coach Ted and the team as a whole were really able to uh, help me um, help me uh, progress as a uh, as an individual to uh, be a, be a Stanford gentleman. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Did yeah, it. So I lived in the Bay area for a year after I was done with college and I certainly received, I, like I would tell people I was from Missouri and they would be like, Oh, where's that? <laughs> or, you know, or be like, Oh, you're from, you know, 
they would just have no idea <laughs> what what that was. So uh, did you receive, you know, yep. do, do you have a, a highlight reel or a best of, of, of things that <laughs> people have said to you when they, that they, they learn you're from Florida or the South? Well, I, I think most people know where Florida is, <laughs> but no, I, and think so. I think that, I mean, Stanford being a, um, a very, uh, I mean, not only being a private school, which I think probably gives you a, a wider demographic of people to draw from, but also mm -hmm. just being a very competitive school to get into. You have, I mean, a lot of international students, a lot of people from all around the world. I'm not, I'm certainly not the only person that came from Florida or the South at Stanford. It was just, uh, yeah, I, I think it was um, just a little bit of a rough cultural adjustment, just that uh, that that needed to be made. Um, so, it uh, I don't necessarily have a a highlight reel or anything like that, but it's been uh, it's been very good for me because I think that I needed to uh, grow as a person in certain ways, and uh, Stanford's really allowed me to do that to be. Uh, more accepting of uh, differing political views and things like that, that uh, you might not be exposed to living in Gainesville, Florida, <laughs> which isn't to say anything negative about Gainesville. It's a university town as well. But yeah, I think that it's been very eye-opening, not only in the classes I've been able to take and the Stanford and the Stanford professors I've been able to speak with. And of course, um, I think you learn just as much from your classmates as you do from your professors, but it's been, um, a tremendous growing experience for me and I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have traded any amount of swimming success or really you know being able to mesh with a different coaching staff better or anything like that to uh, give up the opportunity to just be able to be at a place like Stanford it's really uh, it's changed my life and um, I'm incredibly grateful to coach Ted for uh, thinking that'd be a good part of the team and letting me go to Stanford because I have no doubts in my mind that I, I would not be at Stanford if I <laughs> was not a proficient swimmer. So, I'm, uh... <laughs> um, <laughs> so how would you evaluate uh, your freshman year at Stanford, both, you know, yeah. just both uh, from beginning to end, you as a person and you as an athlete? I lost a lot of weight my freshman year. <laughs> I came in at about like 200 pounds and I think my lowest I hit was like 160. So I need to do that again. Jeez. But, uh, <laughs> um, no, I think, uh, I mean, swimming wise, 2016 and 2017 were definitely some of my best years. I was, uh, my, my freshman fall, I, was training with Jeff Kostoff and uh, I was swimming out of my mind fast in practice. And I think that was a combination of several factors such as, I mean, I've been doing a, a really, really high volume uh, training load for my entire life essentially before that. And that's not to say that we weren't going far with coach Jeff, but it was just, it was certainly a reduction from what I was used to and a real sort of emphasis on a few practices a week are going to be real distance oriented practices that we're going to hit them. And I mean, 
I'm sure there are guys that train faster, but just doing things like pushing under four thirty five hundreds became like a pretty normal occurrence and going like as close to nine minutes in the thousand as you can in practice was just like, we're doing this every week. <laughs> and, uh, it was, um, and I, I swam really well, uh, 2016 short course worlds. I, uh, I made finals, which was definitely our goal going into the meet between coach Jeff and I, I thought that was, that was, that was so cool. <laughs> like no matter, no matter what happens in the rest of my swimming career, I still just remember being in the ready room in 2016 Windsor and it was, it was in a, a, uh, a hockey stadium. Mm-hmm. And so the pool was up at the, uh, where they would play the hockey in the ready room was actually like underneath that. And so you could hear the bass like reverberating through the walls. Yeah. And Oh my gosh, I was so nervous, <laughs> but I remember just like thinking, like looking at it's like Gregorio Paltinieri and like Gabrielli Detti and, um, Taiwan and all these people that like I had seen swim on television when I was like 10 and it's like <laughs> obviously these guys are gonna absolutely toast me in this race but um it was just like gosh maybe I've maybe I've made it like I'm racing these guys <laughs> and uh, and it was I mean I think I did okay I got sixth but uh, I beat I beat Gabriele Desi that was huge he was he was really heavy at that meet so so yeah I beat Gabriele Desi I was like dog they should give me the Olympic bronze medal in the 1500 (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah that was outstanding I I mean that that was like awesome end to 2016 and we went into the second half of the school year I was feeling really good and uh I mean I swam well at our conference meet, Pac-12s. I won the mile, set the conference record. But I think one of the most difficult parts about my freshman year was I had a a real set idea in my mind of how things were supposed to go. Because you, unfortunately, up until that point in my swimming career, sort of everything that I set my hand to was done. Like, okay. I'm going to get a medal at Southeastern's. I did it. I'm going to make the top 10 list. And I did it. I'm going to make juniors and I did it. I'm going to make the national team and I did it. And so it's like everything, like every goal that I had, even though it might not happen exactly on schedule, it's still, I still got there. And so going into my freshman year, I was thinking, you know, like I'm going to win NCAAs in the mile all four years. Like, no problem. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> like, and I'm going to, you know, my freshman year at conference, like I'll probably win the 500 200 free might be a little bit tougher. I'll maybe get like third or something, but win the mile, like no big deal. <laughs> and like, uh, I mean, first day of conference, like Grant Schultz hosed me in the 500 free. He went four ten. I went like four fourteen. like trashed me. And I was just like, <laughs> Well, that's upsetting, but you know, like I bounced back, I had a good mile, so I was feeling okay. <laughs> and then it came in NCAAs. It's like, all right, sweet. So time to start like winning events. So I can really solidify my swimming, my swimming legacy. And I had a fine, I mean, NCAAs is a real, it's, it's a pressure cooker of a meet. And it's certainly, I mean, it's so fast because it's short course. I mean, there's so much energy. It just, yeah. it doesn't really compare to any other meet I've been at. And I swam fine. I made, I made consoles in the 500 free and then blew up at night and went 420 and got 16. 
that was cool. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then the mile, the mile where Clark Smith and Felix Albach went 1422, Akram Mahmood went 1423, and Lulamasi went 1424. Race was Your boy insane. was out lane two. He was about, he was about like a... Mm, 30 yards behind you know I was chilling <laughs> but uh, so I mean I added five seconds to my best I think I finished 12 so but it wasn't I mean for my freshman looking back I think for my freshman performance and just being at that level even though I had swum at nationals and trials before that it was just a different experience and it wasn't a disappointing showing I mean it was a disappointing showing but it wasn't an awful like choke blew it type yeah. of showing but in my mind at the time, it totally was. Like, I was supposed to win the mile all four years. Mm-hmm. And your boy just got 12. <laughs> like, not okay. So, I mean, yeah, I was, I was really upset after that meet. So, I mean, going into, we're on the quarter system at Stanford. So, that finished winter quarter. And mm-hmm. so, then uh, we went into spring quarter. Which, uh, so then my focus became... Uh, the um the you know summer qualifying meets for 2017 yeah and the first one up was open water nationals and i i had done one open water race before that actually maybe two but no 10ks before that (laughs) just at like the age level so we went to open water nationals cranked the first half of the race was in like second the whole time and then imploded and got like 14th. So open water nationals further boosted my confidence heading into the summer. So we've had like Pac-12s knock me down a little, NCAA's knock me down further. Open water nationals just like devastate me. And so going into um, pool nationals in June, I was not feeling super hot. But uh, like in the lead up to it, in the mile, first Willemowski pulled out. So I like moved up the psych sheet a little bit and then growthy pulled out so i like moved up the psych sheet a little bit farther so i was top seed and i was like, <laughs> like yeah. dang it why couldn't i be top seed at nationals when i was like really confident and um the the first the first race of the meet like the first night i won the 1500 and i went 1459 and i have no exaggeration or hesitation to say like it was the happiest i've ever been my entire life it was such like a weight off my shoulders because i as i said i had this fixed plan of how things are going to go and Mm -hmm. so going into freshman year it's like i'm going to be the top distance swimmer in america so obviously to do that i gotta win the gotta win the mile at nationals (laughs) and so i had like world's team and i wasn't really expecting to do that going into the race somehow i mean it really just came together for me like the field went out a little bit fast and they then they really came back to me which gave me a massive mental boost of course as you're doing a distance race and it just it really came together and i mean oh god it was it was euphoric and i mean i haven't i haven't gone as fast as that in three years unfortunately but i it was it was such a culmination to a little bit of a tough second half to my freshman year and I mean, I would, I was so happy and I was so grateful to coach Jeff and coach Ted that knowing that I was really disappointed with some of my previous performances, they really uh, encouraged me and worked with me through uh, the time period between 
March and uh, June to really uh, take a, as much of the pressure off as they could so that at that meet I was, was ready to rock out. And uh, gosh, like, I mean, I remember thinking after the race, like, if I had gone 15, 10 and won, I would have been just as happy as if I had gone 14, 59 and won because I had been second at nationals four times before that and I wanted to win so badly and it came together and I was like oh thank god <laughs> and, uh, yeah I mean that was that was an awesome summer to uh, be able to go to world championships with um, you know I mean team no say there gentlemen and women that are much better at swimming than I am and, and, and will ever be but uh, it was yeah it was a real honor to be a part of that and that was, yeah, that was my roller coaster of a freshman year. <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, of course, things I I could have done things differently. But I think I mean, yeah, it worked out okay. Yeah, what what was your mindset heading into that fifteen hundred at nationals? You know, like wh where were you when you were behind the blocks, mentally? R really, really nervous because, like I said, I, I just hadn't been swimming well. And I was of a real mindset that like the reason I'm not swimming well is because I'm not training enough and I'm not like doing enough yardage and I'm out of shape. And it's like, obviously I'm not out of shape, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was, uh, I remember being frustrated going into the meet, literally being frustrated because I thought, gosh, like all the major players in the field are pulling out and I'm going to be the top seed. And I'm supposed to win this. And because of how crappy I've been training, which wasn't the case, but because of how crappy I've been training, this is my race to lose and I'm going to lose it. And I remember just, I mean, I, I, I remember thinking that in the ready room. <laughs> and so, no, I was not very confident. But um, I, I think that, uh, it, yeah, I was just fortunate that it was a pretty field of pretty young guys that, went out uh, pretty aggressively and I was able to swim the race strategy that I'm certainly the most comfortable with whether or not it's the one that always leads to the best outcome is certainly certainly debatable because plenty of times I just never really get in the race and that's that but uh, yeah, yeah it really came together for me god it was fantastic <laughs> not to <laughs> not to um, reminisce on post uh, or past accomplishments too much but I mean I mean, and why shouldn't you be? That's that's a really big moment, you know. That's, a national title is is serious stuff. Um, I think one of the things I've realized since then is that accomplishments like that are really for yourself. I mean, I'd wanted to be a national champion since I was in high school and things like that, but I had also wanted to set like a national age group record. I had also wanted, and I was also going to like, you know, set the conference record in 500 or something. But all those like little accomplishments and titles, no one really cares about them aside from you. I mean, <laughs> maybe a few people who are, maybe people in the swimsuit comments who are really into swimming. But like, even then, they're like going to be like, oh, wow, <laughs> that guy went fast and then like move on with their lives. So it's really, it's just for you. And, um, I mean, 
I think I got swimming has given me so, so much. Like I said, I don't think there's no way in hell that I'd be at Stanford if I wasn't swimming. And, but I, I mean, I think I could have, I could have gotten the majority of the things that swimming has allowed me to do. Like by the time I was 17 years old and first made the national team, like at that point I was good enough to go to any college in the country. And I mean, I was going to go on a national team trip and, you know, I was going to swim at NCAAs and nationals and final and be at a really high level of swimming. But, um, that extra 1% of where it's, you know, winning a national title or not something that I can speak to personally, of course, but like making an Olympic team or something like that, where you really just feel on top of the world is a feeling that I think uh, only really sports and swimming in general could give you because one of the unfortunate things about swimming is that it's, it's sort of an all or nothing moment, right? You know, you've got this 1500 and that's going to determine whether or not you win nationals or win Olympic gold. And so unfortunately, you know, you can just not be feeling that hot that day or someone else is really, really on and it doesn't come together. And so it's, it's kind of, it's a, it's a high risk versus reward investment, right? To put in all this time, hoping that this 15 minutes is really going to work out. But when it does work out, I feel like there's almost nothing else in the world that's gives you that same rush of like, just, you know, for that like fleeting moment, you, you really did it. <laughs> and uh, I mean, whether you're, I mean, you can go on to be very successful and, any number of careers, but I don't think there's many that have that same, uh, that same singular moment like swimming does. And I, I mean, I'm not saying that I've had a ton of outstanding victories in my career. They've just been, yeah, I'm the best. But I, I mean, I think it really any swimming of any level when it really comes together and you've had that race and it's just, it's all paid off. I mean, it's God, what a feeling. <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's, it's something that, uh, I mean, whether I'm, whether I swim for another eight years, whether I swim for another year, it's something I'll, I'll always cherish. So. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, so you, you have this moment and, and, you know, you, uh, you, you win a national title and that, that, like you said, that all kind of pay, gets paid off. Um, can you take me through your next you know, after that summer, can you take me through your next kind of couple of years at Stanford? And you, you talked about the roller coaster that your freshman year had been. Um, how, how did you move forward from that? Um, I remember thinking after, I mean, I, I, I didn't have a great swim at Worlds. I got really fat during Worlds because they were just like throwing buffets at us. And I was like... <laughs> Right. <laughs> but so, I mean, I, I went 15.07 at Worlds, so I added, like, a little bit of time. It, it was still my, I think, my third fastest 1,500, so it wasn't, like, a terrible showing. I was seated 11th, and I think I got 15th. So, I mean, obviously it was – I felt really sort of guilty about not making the finals because the 1,500 and one other event at Worlds were the only events that USA Swimming didn't final in. Mm-hmm your boy <laughs> so uh, <laughs> didn't work out like that but I still remember thinking like 
okay, you know, we had, we had a little bit of a rocky college season, but you know, we really, everything clicked long course and we're back in it. <laughs> and um, so I remember, I, I thought, you know, I sort of really, my, my carefully laid out plan for how it was going to be the best distance swimmer in the country was, uh, was still on track. Um, my sophomore year, uh, again, I was training really, really well with Jeff and um, had some ups and downs, of course, but I think that's just a combination of being in college. You know, you have a lot of external factors going on outside the pool that affect the way you train and certainly the way you compete. But uh, I was swimming very, very well, faster than I was my freshman year going into the championship season. And then I got the flu probably like three weeks, eh, two or three weeks before Pac-12s. And so it, sh- it was, I was out of the water for a week and I was very sick. Mm-hmm. Probably shouldn't have been enough to derail the championship season as much as it did for me. Uh, I just, uh, I think it, I really let it get to my head that I wasn't, again, I based a lot of my success at the time on the work that I had put in. And I felt that this virus had really derailed that. And so the season was just trashed. And um, yeah, I went to Pac-12s and I didn't swim well. And NCAAs, I swam okay, didn't swim well. But uh, yeah, so that was a disappointing college season. But once again, I sort of got back on the wagon trying to get into the summer. And I, uh, I really, really bought into Coach Jeff's training. We were swimming faster than ever before. We were it was right after you came for the practice and pancakes. So you came for practice and pancakes. I got thrashed. And then like a <laughs> month later, I was doing really well at practice. Believe me. Believe me. I was, doing well. and I was so, beating Katie then. <laughs> I don't, don't want to harp on that practice because I, I know I did. I know that was a disservice to you. Uh, purposeful or not. <laughs> it was not. It was not. I mean, you weren't there to film me. I was, I was just fodder to, for Katie to be like, so everyone could see how good she is in practice, because she is. I mean, obviously she's good in meets too, but yeah. I mean, anyway. if it makes you feel better, when I tell people about that practice, I don't really mention you. I just mention Katie going 309, 306, 303 on three 300s on 330, which, but can you, can you tell me where you were at that day? Oh gosh, <laughs> you don't have to mention me because I wasn't even in frame. <laughs> but uh, we had, I had gone to open water nationals again the week before that and gotten trashed and see gotten <laughs> by everyone again. So like obviously was not feeling super great, but like, okay, we just, we got rocked at open water nationals last weekend. Time to, focus on pool swimming for the summer. So, I mean, we, we swam Monday and then that was Tuesday morning. You showed up and I was just like, Oh no. This <laughs> <laughs> like, is not what I need right now. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I wasn't swimming super fast at the time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I figured I can always keep up with Katie when we're doing like hundreds and fifties. Cause obviously I'm a, I'm a guy and she's a girl in their hundreds and fifties. But like, when coach greg threw up some 300s on the board i was like oh man if i can just like keep it close to the 300s then it won't look that bad and then we'll get to like the 50s pace and 
I'll win. And I'll be like, ah, true's like, okay. <laughs> but like, yeah, no, your boy got rocked. And uh, that was, um, yeah, I got quite a few texts from uh, guys at University of Florida and um, other people I had trained with and under after that, like, wow, true, you, uh, you really get tossed around. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, I, I never knew that. I never knew that you had been to Open Water Nationals the week before, and, and that makes a difference. I was, was not was not in a hot place physically nor mentally on, uh, in uh, May of 2018. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, that was fun times. Okay, but, so um, yeah, so so a month after that, you, you're on fire in practice. You're beating Katie every day. We all know it. <laughs> no doubt. Not just beating. <laughs> decimating like oh <laughs> don't don't verify that with anyone just take my word for it. <laughs> um yeah so i was swimming really well and uh i um i thought i was gonna have a really good meet in 2018 summer nats and i had an okay meet i mean i qualified for uh first i qualified for wugs but a couple guys went faster at pan pack so then i got bumped down to um pan ams but which isn't to knock on Pan Ams. I mean, it's still the U.S. national team and some of the best guys, guys and girls on the U.S. But uh, I think going into the meet, I expect a little bit more just of how well I had been training. But one of the big revelations for me over the course of my swimming career is that, um, uh, well, first, there's a relation between how fast you go in practice and how fast you go in a meet, which I didn't really make that connection until like 2000 and yeah like freshman or sophomore year which might sound crazy but uh but like for instance you know you're familiar with like your band check color charts for instance so he's got his times that uh you're supposed to hit for let's just use red 100s blue 100s and purple 100s for instance within mm -hmm. the threshold like really hard threshold and then best possible average like lactate tolerance type or race pace speeds yeah and you can calculate these times based off a 3,000 for time, right? You can calculate them based off like 10 300s best average, or you can just plug in your best time in like the 500 free or the 400 free. And his, his Excel program is really, really accurate. Like, it's really accurate. I've done it with times I've gone over the course of my entire career and 3,000 times I've gone, and they're, it's pretty, pretty close. And it made me realize that there was sort of a disparity between what I thought was really fast in practice and what's actually really fast in practice. Like I used to think, for instance, Katie uh, was just like absurd in practice. And she is. I mean, she's, she's the best distance server of all time. And thus, she's one of the best trainers of all time, too. It kind of goes hand in hand. But for the time she goes in her races – her practice times aren't necessarily that outrageous. Does that make sense? Like there's definitely a correlation between the things you're able to do in practice and the things you can go on the meet. And sure. a lot of the time I was just doing a lot of volume and not swimming particularly fast in practice, but because it was just a high workload, I sort of tapered off it and swam. All right. Mm -hmm. um, but so my definition of going fast, like if we were doing, hundreds red and I was going like double O's 
I was like, wow, like I'm going double O's. That's fast. But I mean, realistically, like double O's isn't even race pace for me, like in any event. Like, I mean, maybe the 1500, but anything shorter than that, double O's isn't even race pace. But I would think like, man, I am, I'm cooking today. And so going into nationals because of that sort of like, man, I'm, I'm going really fast. I expected to go a lot faster than I did. But looking back at the times and sets I was doing in practice based on what I actually went at 2018 nationals, it was pretty much right where I would have expected to be if I had sort of, if I knew then what I knew now, what I, what I know now. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's a learning experience and uh, it's been um, eye-opening to be able to gain that knowledge over the course of my career. I don't think, I mean, again, do I have some regrets because of it? Yes, but at the same time, I wouldn't have learned these things and come to these conclusions without a few mistakes. So it's all right. <laughs> so yeah. So when do you, do you feel like you learned that when do you feel like you really learned that and began to start applying that knowledge? Um, I made the connection that you had to sort of progressively improve your practice times in order to improve your time times probably yeah. the, uh, that summer, 2018, but I hadn't really sort of worked through it completely. Unfortunately, probably until I was well into my junior year, and so, again, just thank you so much to Coach Jeff and Coach Ted for their patience with it because they were always telling me things like, oh, man, true, maybe you should, like, focus on going faster on these hundreds instead of just doing more of them. And I'd be like, nonsense. <laughs> we, can, we can certainly do more of them. <laughs> so, uh, but, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a different type of uh, – outlook for me on my uh, approach to training but I think ultimately one that will certainly need to occur if I'm able to eventually improve do, so do you do you do you felt like that started to pay off then your junior year definitely uh my for instance my mile at NCAAs was the fastest I had gone since my freshman year a lot faster than I was going during my sophomore year and uh, during the beginning of my junior year. So yeah, I definitely think it's starting to come together. And um, it's, it's difficult to apply the same type of methodology in Coach Troy's program now that I was redshirting, just because it's, it's, it's really high volume. It's hard to be like, I'm going to do hundreds red when you're doing a, a hundred of them. It's kind of like, it's not really practical. <laughs> but uh, it, um, I tried to carry over as much of it as I could. And I mean, training with coach Troy and the guys in this group, like uh, Caleb and Ryan, obviously, but even um, guys I trained with a little bit more than them, like Tom Parabonio and uh, Mitch DeRigo, uh, you know, they're, they're much higher level than I am. And it's been uh, humbling to be able to uh, get smacked around by them in practice. So, but yeah, it's uh, hopefully I can, combine uh, a whole different uh, a whole bunch of different um, approaches to swimming and approaches to training because I fervently believe that uh, individuals and swimming champions or professionals in any field are a, uh, a sum of all their parts a sum of all the backgrounds that they've been a part of and I've swum under 
a lot of different coaches who have all been very talented in many areas and especially in their respective um, uh, styles. And uh, I've been able to uh, swim with a lot of different individuals who approach training differently. And uh, hopefully, you know, you can combine all of those, whether it's doing a 2400s long course with coach Troy or doing hundreds race pace with Katie, <laughs> you got to bring them all together. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think it's, um, it's been, I'm incredibly grateful that I've been able to be exposed to so many different uh, facets of swimming and um, facets of life, whether it's here in Florida or out in the farm. Yeah. So that, that kind of brings us to this past year. Um, you know, you, you, you talked about kind of, you, you started to see the dividends of your work towards the toward or of this change, uh, towards the end of your junior year. Um, and then obviously the coaching staff at Stanford changes and you decide to redshirt, um, and come home to and train with Florida. Can you talk to us a little bit about that process and, and how training was going until this quarantine period started? Well, I didn't actually make the decision to redshirt based on the changing of the coaching staff. Because Stanford is on a uh, trimester system, I actually left, um, left, started to take my leave of absence right after NCAAs that year, which would be coincide with the ending of our winter quarter. Uh, okay. So at the time, I was under the impression that Coach Ted and Coach Jeff would still be at the helm. Um, I had made the decision to redshirt after uh, a little bit of a disappointing dis uh, performance at 2018 Nationals, as we talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, and I was incredibly grateful to Coach Jeff and uh, Coach Ted for supporting me in that decision because it had some precedent. There had been guys that had taken um, redshirt years to focus on um, – long course preparation uh, guys like um, Tom Kramer before me, who was on the team with me my freshman year. But at the same time, uh, I mean, I'm looking back, I'm really appreciative that they accepted my decision so well, because it can, it could very easily be interpreted as like, Oh, I'm not training well enough here. I got to go train with coach Troy. If I'm going to be any good at all, which I hope I don't think they took it as that. So um, I came to coach Troy and last summer especially was a little bit disappointing because I think that, um, as some people know, I think I have a tendency to really get bogged down in some training. And the, the workload increase from having from tapering for Pac-12s, tapering for NCAAs, um, and then coming to Coach Troy, and we were up like between 80 to 90K meters a week from essentially April until August of 2019 wow. <laughs> and I was swimming so god awfully slowly in practice that like I mean I went into Pan Am sort of thinking like oh man I'm gonna swim well because I've been training so much but like I didn't swim very well I mean I, my mile time was barely faster than what I went when I was 17 so that's not good but uh, I mean I think it was a factor of just being very very broken down I, uh, I mean, I've been training a lot, but coach Troy and I sort of had that as a plan when we looked at what our whole approach to the 2020 trials was going to be a thought process that we needed to put in, um, 
some really good background during the summer of 2019. And then really, uh, so that we're able to not only swim a lot in practice during this fast year, but start to swim at faster speeds. Because again, that's, that's probably the most, most important variable in all this when, <laughs> when it comes to swimming fast. <laughs> so um, I think that things were going uh, pretty well. Uh, I was definitely steadily improving my times that I have been going, for instance, from last summer to the times I was going at uh, Des Moines. They were the fat, like they were season bests. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think that Coach Troy and I were working really well together. And of course, it's, you know, really unfortunate that there won't be any competitions this summer. <laughs> but uh, I think that uh, no work is ever lost. So I so so take us take us through your now how how has this these last how have these last few months been for you you know mentally emotionally training wise uh what have you been able to do what have you ended up doing <laughs> put on weight <laughs> that's one of the one of the great outcomes of this but um no, uh, fortunately, I think there actually have been some pros and some cons. Um, one of the pros is that I've been able to re-enroll in classes at Stanford because, as I mentioned before, we're on the quarter system. So I left school in 2019 right after in March. And then right when coronavirus started really developing in the United States, which was in March, I was able to re-enroll in classes online because spring quarter was all online. So I'm back in school now. So um, I was able to get in an extra quarter of school that if um, trials and everything had gone in plan, uh, wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been able to do that. So that's, that's one pro um, <laughs> as a, as backhanded as it might be. But um, so that's been, uh, when, we first got the, we trained mainly at the University of Florida pool. And so when the SEC decided to suspend um, group training, I think the original date was from like March 15th to April 15th. Um, and then public pools in uh, Gainesville closed. The only water available to our training group was um, in uh, my old stomping grounds of Ocala with coach Vargo, which I had swum at from like ages 12 to 15, which is about 45 minutes South of here. So at the time I was thinking the pools are probably going to be closed for like two weeks. I'm not really interested in driving an hour and a half round trip every day to swim. I'll go down to Orlando, Florida, which is where my sister and her fiance live. And I'll swim at the house of a really good family friend uh, named Dr. Lucky Meisenheimer. Have you heard of Lucky's Lake Swim, perchance? Uh, I have not. Lucky's Lake Swim is a uh, it's very famous, I think it's like a national landmark in Florida. Uh, lake Swim, open water swim, his, this gentleman's house is on a lake. And, but he also has a 25-yard pool in his backyard. And I swam with his son on Gator Swim Club back when I was in high school. So um, we were able to become fairly close friends. And so I went down to Orlando, stayed with my sister and was thinking, I'll just swim at his house for two weeks or so. Then the pools will open back up and I'll go back up and keep swimming with Troy and things will be fine. 
and I ended up being down there for two months rather than two weeks. So uh, maybe in hindsight, I should have just driven the hour and a half to Ocala. <laughs> but uh, it, um, it was, I mean, I'm incredibly thankful, of course, to Dr. Meisenheimer for letting me use his, uh, his own pool. I mean, I was able to stay in the water with uh, very little effort on my part, essentially. I mean, I was able to swim every day, which I know a lot of people didn't have, uh, were fortunate enough to have that opportunity. So I was certainly able to, uh, I don't think I've really, well, I, ne I definitely haven't necessarily improved upon where I was back when we last spoke in uh, Des Moines, but I don't think I'm necessarily out of shape because of a lot, in large part, thanks to uh, he and his uh, generosity. So now we're, um, I'm back up in Gainesville uh, and we are doing the hour and a half commute to Ocala, <laughs> but we're, I mean, I'm incredibly thankful to coach Varga for letting myself and the whole group, uh, use his pool and, um, coach Troy is on deck and we're, uh, in our third week back together as a group now. And it's a, it's a very small group. So we're able to, uh, go essentially one or two people per lane starting at opposite ends of a 50 meter pool. So it's, definitely adhering to social distancing guidelines and it's been a huge relief to be able to swim with a, uh, a training group again, <laughs> because yeah. I mean, I think I do an okay job training on my own, but not as, not, it's never going to be as good as training with any group and certainly not with coach Troy and the uh, heavy hitters here. Sure. So what, what kind of work were, were you doing in, in the 25 yards backyard pool? Um, you know, cause that would, you would think you might, you might be working a little, a little bit different of, uh, energy systems perhaps, or, or just doing, you know, your focuses might be in different places rather than training with Troy and the heavy hitters. Um, generally when I'm swimming on my own, I mentioned the urban check cycle, I think a little bit earlier when we were talking of you do a day of active or a day of threshold, a day of active rest, and then a day of race-based training. And you run that twice. I tried to run the um, urban check cycle just as well as I could and supplement some of my own sets, which are kind of just long, boring swims. But um, yeah, I think I just mainly just trying to stay in shape and not uh, lose any of the uh, background that I've put in over the last um, last year. Yeah. And I mean, it was difficult. I certainly fell off the wagon a couple of times. <laughs> like just, it's, it's, it's so easy to get up in the morning and go swim when you're about to swim with people versus getting up in the morning and be like, ah, I mean, I guess I could go swim. Maybe I could do it later. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, but I'm, um, I think I, I'm so glad that I've been able to stay in the water and that I'm in the water now. Cause I'm sure there are plenty of, I mean, I know that there are plenty of people around the country and the world that weren't in the water previously and possibly still aren't um, back in the pool yet. So um, it's been uh, it's been just about as as good as it can be from a uh, a training perspective, I think. Yeah. So how mentally, how would you describe where you're at like today? You know, just kind of in terms of how you feel about swimming, how you feel about <laughs> where you're at just you know with this quarantine i mean i know for me it's been quite a roller coaster of ups and downs um how, how would you describe where you're at
Well, first, it's been really, really nice to be back in classes and back in school. I didn't realize how much I really missed it. Um, and it certainly helped me with my mental state to be, to be pretty busy. I'm in uh, 20 academic credits this quarter, which... Uh, wow. I mean, first off, first off, <laughs> they're online and they're credit, no credit. So don't look at me as some sort of like real, real uh, genius here. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, you're, you're, you fully calculated that we might want to load up on the credits while they're credit, no, load up on the units while it's a pass fail. To, uh, <laughs> to jam as many of those in there as we can before my GPA just continues its steady downward slope. <laughs> but, uh, um, so I, it's been really, really helpful to be uh, in classes just because, I mean, for instance, in the three weeks before classes start, I would read the news about coronavirus every single day and check death tolls and check infections and things like that. And most days now I don't because it's like, eh, I gotta go to class. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. not, to be, not to be flippant, of course, about any of the seriousness of uh, the pandemic, just uh, it's it's nice to have something to keep you occupied. Yeah. And so I think that's definitely helped me, um, help me, uh, keep, keep myself balanced and not be too, uh, down on myself about the fact that unfortunately I took a year off from school and I'm not going to say it was for not because I've been able to, again, train with an incredible group of people under, um, an incredible coach and, I don't think the work is ever wasted, but there's obviously not going to be the, the reason I took the year off from school was to prepare for the Olympic trials this summer. And there are no Olympic trials this summer. So it's, at first that was incredibly frustrating. And I felt like I had really wasted a lot of time. <laughs> like, like we talked about earlier that, you know, you swimming is unique in that you're preparing for one moment. And now I'd um, invested all this time and there wasn't going to be, any opportunity for that moment. Uh, so it was frustrating, but I think that being back in classes and being able to reconnect with the team, we've been having team meetings over Zoom and things like the Stanford team, being able to yeah. uh, reconnect with them has gotten me excited for this summer and got me ex certainly excited for hopefully being able to be back on campus in the fall and hopefully have a swim season in some degree and uh and to be able to look forward to the future in that way because um i know that uh it's it's these are difficult times but that the sun will continue to uh rise and that uh you have to be ready for when the when the future arrives so <laughs> to do my do my best right now with a little bit of extra time on my hands that I'm not practicing as much. We're just doing singles right now to uh, really engage with my professors as much as I can during this quarter and um, enjoy the classes and uh, lay out plans for my course of study for my senior year and um, beyond undergraduate uh, career. So uh, it's, it's um, yeah, there's definitely days, of course, I think everyone has them when you're like, this is awful. You look at, you know, what's happened to the economy, what's happened to people's lives, what's happened to, of course, the people who have passed and 
it's easy to think, you know, like, oh gosh, these, uh, <laughs> these things that I'm focused on and care about, I mean, why even bother? But, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, it's important to keep things in perspective and know that, uh, it, um, yeah, there's tough times, but I'm sure that the United States and the uh, world as a whole are in a very capable hands and that we'll get through it and there will be, there'll be swimming in the future and uh, there'll be school in the future and there'll be work in the future and um, life will continue. Yeah. What, so, uh, so for swimming, in terms of swimming in your future, um, you know, for your senior year, obviously, you know, there's a new coaching staff. Um, have you talked with them? What are your thoughts on actually getting back to campus and into that um, and into training with the team again? Um, yes, I've been, I was able to talk with uh, Coach Dan Schemmel before even um, coronavirus became an issue. Just uh, we first met, at, well, I mean, of course, I reached out to him as soon as he was hired, but we were able to meet in person at some um, national level meets over the course of the past year, like uh, nationals back in Atlanta or US Open back in Atlanta and things like that. And yeah, I've been in contact with he and um, our new assistant coach, Coach Neil Kaski. Um, and, uh, I'm very excited to be able to work with them. I think, um, I'm going to try and learn from my past mistakes and try and work with the coaching staff is not that I didn't try and work with the coaching staff, but work with the coaching staff better than I have in the past yeah. and hopefully be as successful as I can be individually and, um, contribute to the team as much as I can, because even though, uh, even though I've ha haven't had necessarily the coll collegiate career success that I've wanted, being a part of Stanford swimming is almost certainly one. I mean, certainly one of the things I'm most proud of in my entire life because it's such a storied program. To even just say that I was under the swimming with the same cap as some of the guys that I idolized growing up with is already more than enough for me so um, i'm really uh hope to i'm hope and pray that we have a uh a, a collegiate season this next year because it'd just be uh be awesome to um, be able to swim for uh leland stanford junior university uh one more time you know definitely <laughs> yeah so it's been good too it's been really nice to be able to have uh team zoom meetings and um reconnect with the uh the guys on the team and the new coaching staff so, you know, if, if whether we have a, a whether you have a swimming season or not this year, um, you will be done. You know, the, assumably you'll be done with your NCAA eligibility um, after this year. Uh, do you see ISL in your future? Probably not. <laughs> well, one first, Coleman. <laughs> I'm not that good at swimming, as we discussed, and I'm certainly not that good at. I'm not sure if any ISL team would even want me on their team to begin with, but um, I'm, I'm fairly confident at this point that um, I will uh, be swimming again, hopefully my final collegiate season. And then hopefully at um, the Olympic trials qualifying meet uh, next summer. And as much as I really would like to swim till 2024 or beyond, because 
I really do love swimming. It's one of my favorite things. I love going in every day and trying to improve and racing people in practice and talking crap with guys and just, and just having a good time. But I'm again, I'm not, I'm not the best distance swimmer in the United States. There are guys that are much, much better than I am. And I think it would be a, a really tough decision to make to invest another post-2021, three years till 2024 to prepare for the shot at another Olympic berth when um, I have goals beyond swimming, whether it's uh, uh, finishing up my academic career as best as I can and uh, moving on to hopefully graduate school in some degree. Uh, I think that there probably won't be any ISL in my future. I think it, uh, I think the ride, the ride might be over next summer, Coleman. <laughs> but um, I, I think, uh, well, I mean, of course, who knows, but um, I think um, right now I'm really interested in uh, going to law school after um, my undergraduate is complete assuming I somehow managed to complete it, <laughs> going to law school and um, being able to um, serve my community in some degree that's hopefully a little bit more impactful than my yoker swimming abilities are. Well, I think you disservice yourself and your swimming abilities, but uh, <laughs> I certainly can respect goals outside the pool and um, I wish you all the best in your aquatic and non-aquatic endeavors. Uh, thank you so much for your time and for your honesty and your vulnerability today, Drew. Of course, Coleman. I, uh, you know, I'm always thrilled to uh, be able to talk with you and be able to talk with some swam in general. You know, get a get some sort of platform to get my opinions out there. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you so much for uh, having me on and. Um, Hey, do you love swim swim as much as I do? Do you want hours of endless practice footage, race video, and a guide to the best pancakeries in the country? Then subscribe to our YouTube channel below and follow us on social media at swim swim news on Twitter and Instagram. If we get a million followers, I might just eat a million pancakes. Only one way to find out.